All right, guys, welcome back to the Buck Fever podcast. We have a full house here tonight. Um, you got pretty much everybody. Um, you got me, you got Jake, and the two of us are probably not going to do a whole lot of talking in this episode because we're going to really be focused on the events of this past weekend's youth hunt. Um, and to fill us in on that, we have Colby, who was hunting with, with his kids and ended up shooting a pretty nice doe. And then we have Eli and his stepson, Ty, um, who had uh, plenty of action of their own there. So um, first off, I guess let's let's start with Jake, just so he can get a, a few words in here, because I don't know how much we're really going to have to say. But, buddy, um, I don't think you were hunting this weekend. Um, typically, you guys like to avoid the youth hunt, right? Yeah, it's about the one weekend I don't hunt. During both season, it's like the project weekend, you know, get stuff done around the farm if we have to, or this case, I was taking out a pier back home, so kind of a nice little off weekend for us, but after that, it's pretty much go till gun season, so. Yeah, that's typically what you guys kind of use that as, like that, that midpoint in the season, take a little break, and then, you know, get your projects done and, and go back at it. Yeah, that's kind of kind of how we look at it. So, and uh, well, obviously, none of us are youth, and we don't really have anyone in the family who's youth or who wants to go. So, uh, give the property a little break, and then we hit it hard after this. So, right. Well, and and you specifically have uh, fulfilled your duties for the season for the most part. So, you deserve a weekend off, I think. Right. I mean, it would. I would love to be out there with that cold front. I mean, even just sitting and filming. But um, cameras, they were they were hopping a lot. Uh, a lot of does and fawns moving early. A lot of. I mean, the last couple of nights we've had tons of pictures. I'm getting 30 pictures at seven o'clock of lots of does and fawns moving around during daylight. So I think this weekend's going to be quite the doe mission. There's going to be three of us out there, so we might try and uh, try and uh, whack a few. And you know, you're always more than welcome to come in. Whack two if you want. <laughs> yeah, shoot ten of them or something. Yeah, we're out of tags. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I was out this weekend and kind of the opposite of what your cameras were. We we just didn't really see much at all. I don't know if that had something to do with my dad shooting his buck the week before and things kind of you know getting blown out of there from tracking and gutting and whatever, but. I, that cold front didn't help us out at all. I don't know what happened there, but it sounds like um, Colby and Eli and Ty uh, definitely had a good youth hunt weekend with that cold front and everything. So let's go to Eli and Ty first because um, you guys struck first for the weekend. All right. Um, it was it was an awesome weekend. This is one that I'm going to remember uh, for the rest of my life. Um, so yeah, we did, we did strike first. Um, Ty and I got out there on Saturday morning. What time did I pick you up, bud? Uh, like 5.15. Yeah, about 5, 5.15. And we got out there and, uh, kind of, started talking a little bit about strategy on the way out and our plan was to go to this area that we call the corner woods. Um, it's kind of a, just a transition area. It's a, it's a small block of woods that uh, connects the two 
major ridge and valley systems and then on each um, each side of it there's there's agriculture and it's just kind of a hot spot for doe um, it's a hot spot for bucks uh, once we get a little bit closer to the rut and we had been seeing quite a bit of uh, buck activity um, a lot of like two-year-olds uh, but really really nice bucks and um, Ty had made a goal what was your goal bud get a buck yeah, how many years have you been hunting? Like four. Yeah, I think I think this might even be your fifth year. I think you were eight years old the first time I took you out, and you ended up shooting a doe. And I think you shot three or four doe coming into this weekend. And uh, the last couple of years, your main focus has been on just getting that that first buck under your belt. So. Anyways, just backstory. Two years ago, he was uh, two years ago he was really thinking about shooting a buck, um, and we ended up having a buck come out in the field. And what did you tell me? It's too little. <laughs> he says it's too little, and I'm like, come on, shoot it. You you don't have a buck yet. So, anyways, um, he's been he's been listening to me a little bit too much, I think. But, anyways. Our plan was to go out to the corner woods there on, on Saturday morning. And as we were walking out um, to the woods there, uh, we ended up having a, a pretty nice buck jump out in front of us about 20 yards. Um, and the buck was upwind of us. Or, yeah, he was upwind of us. So we were actually... No, let's see. Yeah, he was up into us, so we were good to go. He did not smell us, um, and we kind of saw where he was going. So, tell him, tell him about what we tried to do. Well, kind of tried to like get around, sneak up to the other side of that corner of the field, try to kind of like corner him almost, and mm -hmm. try to get a shot on him. Yep. So in southwestern Wisconsin, there's a lot of hills, uh, a lot of terrain features, which um, is is kind of nice. So we we kind of ran up, got behind uh, behind the hill, and uh, ran ran up forward about 200 yards to try to set up and intercept him before he got into the woods. And um, but by this time, it was full daylight, and when we got over there, the buck had had beat us and we could hear him down in the corn eating corn and then we could hear him walk off into the woods so um, pretty exciting moment there um, I, I know I was sweating by the time we were done with it just because we were we were running covering ground and then we decided to get back to our original plan of getting set up into the corner woods so um, we went went over there and sort of still hunted our way uh, I'd say about a hundred yards and we were down into that woods and we were kind of right in the center of it. Um, they had clear cut, the neighbor clear cut um, the section that's right next to it a few years back. And it's just nasty, like so nasty that maybe at this point some deer could bed in it. But um, I mean, Pat, you can talk about that. Like it's just so twisted and, like you can't even walk through there so 
our wind was blowing right into that section and we ended up sitting on the ground. How long were we there for, buddy? Yeah. Yeah, 15 minutes, and then what happened? Trail of six does walked about like three feet in front of us. Yeah. So I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to film all this stuff, and Ty says, Eli, a deer right there. And there is one doe, and then I see a second doe, and then I see a third doe, and then I see a fourth doe, and a fifth, and a sixth, and they're, like, at this point, 10 yards away, and I don't even have the camera on. And we just sat there real still, and they were kind of looking at us, but then they kept coming, and they literally walked three feet in front of Ty, and we're just sitting on the ground wearing blaze orange, not really tucked into any thick brush and there's some brush around us but it wasn't like super thick and <laughs> i mean i was about to crap my pants i can't even imagine what you were what you were thinking when you had all these gear that were, were right there like you probably could have reached the butt of the gun out almost and touched one of them they were that close so they end up kind of working around us um working working past and then uh, sort of the main doe in the group ended up trying to circle back and, and catch our wind because they just kept looking at us but had no idea what was going on. And at one point we had this arc of six doe that spread like 30 yards kind of around us. So everywhere you look, there's a deer. Um, so that was, that was pretty awesome. Uh, they ended up blowing and running off down the hill and we just kind of talked a little bit about what that means. So what does it mean when, when the doe starts blowing? It's kind of like warning the other ones, like something's right, dangerous or something like that. Yeah. So we did that, and what was our plan um, if, if that were to happen again? Yep, <laughs> the plan was to shoot one. So we're in the middle of that conversation, and Ty looks and um, he says, oh, there's one coming back. And that this doe just couldn't help herself. She had to know what the heck we were, and she worked her way back up and tell him about the process of her getting up there. Well, she was walking up there, and then a couple of trees in the way of that. And this one main tree, I was kind of put my, put my gun up on the stand and wait for her to get her on this one tree. And it was... We were gonna, it was kind of getting towards the end of the morning, and I didn't really want to go home empty handed, so I figured I might as well just shoot him. And she went around that tree, and then her butt was like a little bit in it still. I could see her chest clearly. She put her head up one more time, and then all there was, and pretty much shot her. Yep, and you made a perfect, perfect shot on that one. As this is going on, I realized that for where that deer was, the camera on the tripod for me sitting on the ground was way too low. So I had picked the thing up and was just holding the tripod up in the air to try to get this deer in the frame. And I didn't even know he was going to shoot. And all of a sudden I hear, boom! And I 
but scared the crap out of me. I got a streak in my pants still from that. Um, but yeah, perfect shot. Um, we gave her a little bit. You were pretty excited. Mm-hmm. You basically went running over there. I said, "You hey, remember where you shot her? What did you tell me? Yeah. <laughs> no, I have no clue. So it actually helped out having, having the camera because I mean, I was just tucked in the brush, and I'm sitting there looking at about a two-inch screen. So I didn't know exactly where she was either, um, but we watched the watched the footage back, and she, like, I could lean my head back and see her, um, but I don't think the camera could see her. But I could see the direction that Ty shot, because right when he shot, some brush moved. So... Um, we ended up going over there to look for blood a little bit. Didn't find anything. I said, I'm going to go back and get all of our stuff. And then what happened when I was back by all of our stuff? Well, she was back there, back by the stuff unit already. And I was still looking for a little bit of blood where I, around the area where I shot her. And I looked in front of me and about probably like 20 yards coming out of some weeds with another doe. And I was just standing there looking for blood. And then came out and I was like I kinda like whispered and screamed at the same time. I was like I was like, Eli And then he heard me and then he looked over and saw it and then kinda just froze there for like another while and then she eventually knew something was a little wrong. Went off a little bit and it started to come back down a little bit. And then she kinda went out towards the right side of where we were. And then she was gone and then I was just like in shock because Honestly, I was a little bit scared because I thought it was going to, like, run at me or something. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. I, we got that on camera. Um, I kind of pan back and forth. I'm like, well, there's a deer. Oh, there's Ty. Just standing there right in the middle. And it ended up being, it was a nubby buck. Um, so he he didn't know any better. He's just going over there trying to make a friend. Um, <laughs> but eventually we got on the blood trail and... You did an awesome job of of tracking that. I I kind of just hung back and and let you do your thing, and wouldn't you know it? She basically died right on top of a road where I could drive my truck to, and we had about a three yard three yard drag to the back of the truck for for the first deer of the weekend. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Well, it's nice when they're like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that, that was that was sweet. That sounds like a pretty good, uh, pretty good start to the youth hunt weekend there. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I mean, the only get, and I, we'll talk more about this later, but. Um, the older the older I get and the older Ty starts getting like those are my those are my some of my favorite hunts are to go out with him and you know, he's still pretty new at this and just to be able to see the excitement of a of a, a new hunter, um, just taking it all in and to be able to watch him learn and he's getting older now where he can start to do a couple of things, you know more on his own and um you know he can decide when he's going to shoot and you know i don't have to tell him how to find a deer in the scope or any of that stuff it's just it's just really fun and enjoyable to 
be part of that and be able to watch him. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, Ty uh, Ty kicked it off in a big way um, uh, on the opening morning there of the youth hunt, um, and we're gonna come back to you later because things got uh, even better for you guys as the weekend went on. But let's head over to Colby now because I know you guys had a little bit of success there on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. So I went up to my family uh, deer camp in central Wisconsin. I actually took uh, both of my older kids, my seven and eight-year-old, took them out of school actually on Friday. So we went up there Thursday night, uh, got settled in, um, just trying to give them a whole fun experience of just being up at deer camp. Uh, My dad was up there, so, you know, their grandpa was up there. We played a lot of little board games, Jenga, watched some movies, spent some good time in the cabin. Um, we didn't hunt any mornings just because it's just a little rough getting the little ones up and out that early. But so we kind of kicked the weekend off Friday night. And to my surprise, uh, I figured I was going to be hunting with both kids in the blind with me all weekend, which would make getting the shot off at a deer, uh, super challenging or even more challenging than it already is. But to my surprise, when I asked if someone wanted to go sit with grandpa and someone wanted to come sit with me, um, my son Ryan ch- chimes in right away and says, I'll go sit with grandpa. So off he went with, uh, with grandpa and Brimley, my daughter, eight year old came with me. And in Friday night, we had some decent action. We were sitting the inside corner of a field and had some does and fawn, a couple different, I bet you three, maybe even four different doe fawn family groups kind of like work past us. And I think I got drew my bow four different times, but never got a shot off. Like just, uh, every time I draw the bow, they'd be standing behind a tree. Uh, it was really windy Friday night. So like the deer seemed like a little bit on edge and were a little skittish. Um, that just seems to always be the case up there whenever it's really windy. And so they were always just kind of on the move. And whenever I would draw my bow, and meanwhile, I'm trying to film this at the same time. So whenever I'm trying to adjust the camera, then draw my bow, the deer would stop behind a tree. And then I would let down or I'd have to like switch windows and then they'd be on the move and I'd be in the wrong window or, you know, I'd have to let down again and redraw and it just never materialized into a shop. So, but we still had a, you know, a really fun set, enjoyed our time together. And then uh, Saturday night we flipped uh the kids flipped and Brinley went with grandpa and Ryan came with me, uh, and had a doe and a, and a fawn work in or a doe and a yearling. Um, a little spike buck came in behind them and, uh, the doe ended up working within range and boy, I thought I had it on, on camera. You know, I'm trying to adjust the frame and get it ahead of where I think the deer's going to walk to. And, by golly watching it back the deer takes you know about two steps out of frame but regardless i got the shot and got the deer running off afterwards and it was about a 33 to 35 yard shot i think um my son was jacked up and super excited and and uh we ended up waiting until dark because there was another hunter on the neighboring property which it ran into um kind of hunting in that area so we waited until dark and uh, you know, you can see my lighted knock in the field, had a pass through and me and Ryan got on that blood trail and 
followed it through the field, you know, teaching him along the way what to look for. And he was actually spotting some of the blood before I was. So it was pretty, pretty fun to see him excited about it and then taken to it right away. And, uh, we followed it into the, you know, out of the field and, and sure enough, it only was about 10, 15 yards, you know, into the, into the neighboring property. But, uh, just cool seeing my son's reaction there at the, you know, where we found the deer and how excited he was. And I pulled out, you know, those trusty butt cuffs I'm always talking about to drag it out of there. And he was dead set on, uh, he was going to be grabbing one of them handles and helping dad drag the deer out. So sure enough, he's holding on to one of the handles and we're dragging it out as a team. You know, it doesn't matter if I was 99% of that and he was only one. <laughs> percent pulling he he felt just as part of the experience as i did i'm sure um and that was awesome i i was loving every second of that um seeing his enjoyment of it and we dragged it to the field edge and he helped uh hold the light and hold the leg at times and we gutted it out and he was asking questions and i was showing him some of the deer anatomy and he wasn't surprisingly grossed out at all by any of it so more in, intrigued and interested by the whole process so um even showed him the deer heart and i actually you know my broadhead had sliced some of the deer heart and i was telling him how we can eat actual deer heart and he's like dad you want to keep that and eat it but you know which surprised me again a seven-year-old interested in, in deer heart but uh it was sliced up a little bit so we didn't we didn't keep that that deer heart but uh you know, a little bit while later, then Brindley came with, you know, grandpa on the four wheeler and helped hook it up. And, you know, we got back to the cabin and Brindley got to crank it up onto the buck pole and, and both kids kind of got to be part of the, the whole experience of us having a, a deer at camp. So it was, it was pretty special. Uh, just getting to share it, you know, with my dad and, and my two kids and that's three generations worth of the Colby family up there at camp. And like Eli says, like, and, and me and him, you know, had this conversation just a day or two ago, like, you know, we're starting to phase into a different, at least in some aspects of our hunting, don't get me wrong. We're still out there doing a lot on our own, but when this phase comes and it's coming really soon where it's going to be more about our kids and, and their success and setting them up, I mean, we're, we're both like ready for it and we enjoy that aspect and, and, and have no problem like sacrificing our own hunts per se to, to help put them into great situations because I'll tell you, just seeing the joy on their faces and, you know, I got to see some of the video already of what's to come here from Ty and it just, it just makes me excited seeing that. Um, I mean, these the kids are the future of the sport, so it's, it's cool to, to see them all involved and just, just this whole weekend, seeing all the, the pictures on, you know, Wisconsin rut report of kids holding does and small bucks and big bucks and all kinds of deer and posing behind them. Just their, the genuine smiles and excitement was across the state. I thought it was really cool to see. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a cool thing. And it sounds like everybody had a, a pretty good time there when you shot that though. Yeah, absolutely. We ended up cutting it up. We left it hang overnight and me and my dad cut it up right away Sunday morning. And when I got home actually last night and then me and 
my wife, uh, we ground most of it up into to ground venison burger because we just are flat out out. Uh, I kept a couple of the back straps. I didn't quite pull a Jaeger on it, but um, I <laughs> <laughs> uh, kept the back straps and the, the football roast. Um, but the rest of it got ground into to burger. And then tonight we actually made uh, a venison Philly um biscuit bake which will be the next recipe you'll see from buck fever outdoors i'll have that one cooked up pretty soon so uh yeah and that was the the ground meat right from the dough so um pretty cool to bring it full circle already and tell the kids we were eating the dough that we shot this weekend yeah i was gonna say you're mr wild game kitchen there and some of that i'm sure has rubbed off on the kids now to where they're not afraid to eat wild game and you know, some of those recipes you've talked about it and some of the write-ups there about how they, you know, almost prefer it sometimes. They, they seem to really enjoy it. Yeah. We eat so much of it. I don't know that they, uh, you know, they're just so used to it. That's, that's what we, that's what is for uh, on our table a lot is, is wild games. So I think they're just, just used to it. We actually made a, me and Brinley, she helped me. We made venison, uh, just, just, four pounds of ground uh jerky last night too and i was nice. my dehydrator was taking forever i was up at midnight 2 30 5 30 or you know just like every couple hours checking the temperature on it and uh that's a story for a different day but i had to finish it off in the oven this morning so that it was actually up to temperature so i could go to work it was just taking forever but we made some venison jerky out of that dough as well so Nice. Well, yeah, putting it to use already. You yes. know, speaking of backstrap, Obi from uh, from that buck I shot, I, I saved all of them, and you know I'm gonna eat some this weekend at the cabin. But if you if you uh, sweet talk, maybe I'll bring some up to Minnesota. Ooh, now we're talking. See, I like this. We're, we're rubbing off on you already, Jake. I know, and I'm I'm pretty excited to try some recipes. Maybe I'll ask you for some this weekend. But we're gonna we're gonna be a full camp up at the cabin, so I figured eh, I might as well try and cook some on Saturday. Oh yeah, we get the aura. That's right. <laughs> no, no chili There's in Minnesota, like... right, Kobe? Oh man, I see. You know this. We were up. I think I talked to Eli about this too. Like that's like our staples up over there. We always have like Stop a hot pot of. We have a crock pot of uh, sloppy Joe, venison sloppy Joes, and then sometimes Eli brings a big crock pot of chili. So I was like, That's... what the heck, with when you said you're out on those two. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, two bringing, those. I'm bringing PB and J. You might, you might want to change your mind. I mean, I'm telling you, those hills over there are massive, and sometimes you just need a little extra boost to, to get you up to the top of them. No. No, I'm uh-uh. I, I'm gonna have to bring PB and J. Mom forgot to put the lunch money in. I'm eating cheese and crackers or whatever they're gonna give me. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you eat a PB and J in my life. I don't. I mean, it's not my first choice, but if it's that or uh, chili or sloppy joes, it's certainly not my last choice. So, what's the? I'm just curious now. What's the turnoff with the? Uh... I feel like every person in the world likes a sloppy Joe. Like I've never heard anyone that doesn't, I mean, maybe it's not their favorite, but like everyone eats them. There's just some things Colby. I can't, I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. 
I think it's just, you know, I mean, I, I really don't know. I mean, you, you were saying the same thing about Bush Light too, and I I did get to watch you drink about well, you know six or eight of those. So, well, you know, it might be the same, maybe an acquired taste now that you're coming of age. Well, I've I've said that that's not like it's not good, but I, it's not. I haven't said it's like my least favorite. It's not a an absolute no for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't be number one, but it's not it's not last. Chili's last place is the bottom of the barrel. You know what I mean? No kidding. I'm I don't know. I can't explain it. I nobody agrees with me. Of course, I've never, you know, I can't win an argument on this. I know that I'm wrong, but it's just it's just what my body's telling me. It says nope. You can't eat that. It doesn't want to. <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. I'm pretty sure my, my body my body has said the same thing to me after I've eaten chili. <laughs> Mine tells me beforehand it says no. It won't let me do it. Well, we'll figure something I, out. We we've got a little bit of time there. I do have some uh slightly breaking news, like phenomenon this weekend. Um I may have a new favorite tree stand snack. Oh boy. Oh no. And and this is saying a lot because like I've been a the nutty bar have I've been, you know, that's been a staple of mine. I've been banging the beat of that drum for a long time. But uh prior to this trip I took uh the the kids to Fleet Farm or the grocery store or something and part of the deal was they got to pick out a each got to pick out a snack for the tree stand and <clears throat> my son picked out like the mega stuffed Oreos. And Oh yeah. I don't know if it's just, just the fact that I haven't had Oreos in a while, but like we, we, you know, we didn't bring the whole box of them out there, although I'm sure we could have pounded them, but we put them into smaller sandwich bags and boy, when we busted out those Oreos, man, I was like, Oh my God, this might, this might have to be the new, staple going forward like it was i don't know it was at another level so i i, I might be transferring over to bringing oreos every time oh that's yeah that's totally no. fine there's nothing better than an oreo i thought you were going to sit here and tell me that you you know the new snack was apples or something and i was going to just end the podcast right then and there but <laughs> oreos yeah for sure you get that that's that's valid yeah, I, I do like an apple, but you know that that can't be like your number one. That's way too healthy to be your number one favorite snack in the I tree. I agree. I agree. Now, before you make the switch, have you eaten an Oreo and the Nutty Bar at the same time, side by side, to to test the the new theory? No, I didn't have a. Surprisingly, did not have a Nutty Bar long, so. I might have to do a video one of these hunts uh, and truly, truly get a test <laughs> up in the stand and get a true determination um, to see what prevails. Now, when it comes to nutty bars, you're on my side, though, right? You don't break it apart. You just eat it like a normal human being? Yeah, like a normal human being. I will say watching my son 
Eden Oreo, he was doing the dissection method, like that's what I was gonna ask you. No Oreo, I'm just I'm the same way with pretty much all food, just like shove it, yeah. shove it in the mouth and go to town, eat it. Yeah, you're um, not gonna domer it up first. You just eat it. But yeah, my son with the Oreo, he was like breaking it apart. He took just the whole, you know, the cream filled stuffing and was just like waving that around and then eating that part and breaking his Oreo cookie in half and um, definitely doing a little dissection process where, you know, I already had all three or five of mine pounded down by the time he was dissecting one Oreo himself. So yeah, he, he might be a little twisted there, Colby. I think he's going to end up on a watch list someday. You might want to keep an eye on it. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to watch watch this, see if this is a pattern. <laughs> that was a great rabbit hole, by the way. I I think that that was perfect. Yeah, what did we get? Fifteen minutes out of bagging on some foods, Snacks. and yeah, yeah, perfect. <laughs> well, I suppose we, we we should probably get to uh, the good stuff here because it didn't just end with those couple of doughs from the sounds of it. No, it did not. You want me to run with that? Yeah, let's hear it. I'll run with that. All right. So Saturday night, uh, Ty had some of his cousins in town, so he was not able to hunt. Um, and uh, I went down with the intention of going hunting because it was the best day that we've had all bow season weather-wise. And... Um, <clears throat> I was roped into a project of putting up one of our elevated box blinds. Um, we ended up buying two, um, or la the landowner bought two, and then Pat and I helped out with some of the uh, platforms for them to get them up off of the ground. Um, but anyways, the first one was going in on Saturday, and the reason that it, we had to wait that long is because there were crops up um, up until you know pretty recently where you know just dragging them over there and putting them up and and just getting to the spots would have would have damaged the crops pretty bad so kind of had to wait till the beans came off um, but I ended up getting roped into that and as a lot of projects go it did not move along as quickly as I had hoped it would um, so long story short, I did not get to hunt, but did get the, the get, did get that thing put together and up and, and in a spot. So, uh, that's, that is important to, to note because the next day, um, Ty and I were heading back out in the afternoon. So this would be Sunday. And, um, we had a little conversation about where he wanted to hunt. So Ty, go ahead and talk about what your options were and what you ended up where you end up choosing to sit and why Eli, you're kind of breaking up on me here. Can you hear Ty at all? No, not great. 
something's going he's, on. He's pretty fuzzy. What's that? He's pretty he's fuzzy. Fuzzy. All right. Here, talk into this one. See if it gets better. They'll, they'll tell you if it's better. Is it better now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. So, basically, what the first option was the food plot. And, um, obviously, the new blind was up um, the day before. And one of the things about choosing that spot was, like, um, it could have been a little bit, like, you know, a little bit iffy because this brand-new thing and the deer probably didn't know what to think of it quite yet. But we still, I still chose there. And what was the other spot? Um, the other spot was over by the oak where there was a lot of pots and got a water hole. Yeah, by the, in the ocean, there's a water hole and there's been quite a bit of bucks over there. But we chose the food plot and didn't take us long to get in there. We didn't, I don't think we saw anything on the way in, did we? No, not on the way in. No, nothing on the way in. And here, do you want one of these back yet? So, yeah. Um, I, I, I let Ty make that decision on his own of, of where he wanted to hunt. Um, kind of ran through all of, you know, the pluses and minuses of, of both different spots and he ended up settling in on sitting on the food plot in the new blind. Um, we got in there and it was hot. Mm-hmm. Like that spot faces right into the West and the windows had been shut and it wasn't hot out on Sunday, but I bet it was pushing 80 degrees. So it didn't take long. And, um, Ty was down to his t-shirt. <laughs> I was down to my, um, my just base layer bottoms and uh, had just a thin long sleeve on that had the sleeves pushed up to my elbows. So uh, we were cooking pretty good, but open yeah, a few I, windows. I saw that. I saw the little video clip of you guys down in your t-shirts and I'm like, oh man, that blind's got to be cooking because it wasn't, you know, it was only 54 degrees or whatever on Sunday. And uh, that makes me worried what that thing's going to how much of a sauna it's going to be uh, early season when it actually is 80 degrees out. Yeah. I mean, the problem is it's insulated, um, but I've already been thinking about a couple of, uh, of solutions. So, you know, one of the perks of having, having teenage boys is that um, you have to learn to tolerate the heat all summer going to baseball games every day. So um, we have a three-year-old too. So, I don't know how many of those little squirt bottle fans we have and stuff like that, but you know, that's not something you typically think about taking out to the woods with you, but that's going to go on the list of things to pack if we're on the early season. <laughs> um, anyways, we're sitting in that blind and there was really no action. Um, the sun went down um you can see the mississippi river from that spot and the sun dropped down and got behind the bluff bluffs uh on the opposite side of the mississippi so it finally started to get a little bit like real cool and both of us actually put like clothes back on when that happened um and 
the windows in that thing are tinted. So I ended up opening up one corner window just to be able to see down um, into where deer pop out a lot. So I could see down there a little bit better. And I, I opened that window up and it wasn't a minute later. I'm looking down there and I said, Ty Buck. So Ty, you, you probably should take it from here. Pretty much um told me there was a buck and I was I think I was sitting at the floor at that on um, the floor at that time. I got back up and sat back on my chair and he was right in that corner, that window was open, so he's coming up one of those trails. He didn't know what to think of the blind at first. He's kind of just staring at it the whole time. And, and then got my gun up there really slowly because he's just creeping, like he's just looking at it the whole time. And then um, got the gun stand ready, got the gun on it. And he was just staring at us still. And then he started to turn around and he was just at the corner. He started to turn around and walk out. And then he looked one last time over and these things just powered off. Powered off. I can still hear you. Oh. Well, anyways. Can you hear me through the earbuds? Yep. Alright. So he saw us and out through the trail and he looked back one last time and yeah, I said, if I was ready, I'm good. And I shot at him and hit him really good. And he kind of started off pretty slow and we ran away back in the woods. And then it's kind of it. And then we had to wait a little bit. Yeah, and then, yeah, that's about it. Hmm. Yeah. It was it was pretty awesome. Um, the gig was up, and, and that was sort of the the fear of going in that spot is like literally we finished assembling it right as it got dark the night before, and uh, he he walked out and looked up there and went oh there's something different, and he was not going to commit to to coming in. Um, I I really don't think he could see us, um, but just that blind being there was enough of a, a deterrent where he was not going to come all the way into the food plot and Ty did it perfect. He made a, ended up making a perfect shot on him and that deer only made it about 15 yards. And um, the, the moment that, that we got to share after that was, I'll just say that that was, that was priceless. There were uh, a lot of, emotions and excitement and um from ty and and from me um after after he made that made that shot pretty yeah, awesome it looked like a pretty cool moment there that that certainly was not a little buck by any stretch of the imagination that was that was a pretty good one to get under your belt for a first buck yeah so he can't hear you now because one of our ear pods died. But uh, let me let me switch over here to uh, to speaker one. How that goes? Okay. We got gotcha. you. Yep. All right. So, anyways, um, 
what was going through your head, buddy, after after you made that shot? I was pretty happy. I mean, I've been looking for a buck for pretty much my after probably after my second year of hunting. I really wanted one. It's pretty awesome that my first one that I shoot is one that any person would be proud of shooting. Like that thing was big. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely, dude. <laughs> I, I left that uh, I left that detail out when I told him there's a buck coming. <laughs> I think the, the first time I mentioned anything about it being big was after he shot and we had hugged and I'm like, hey, nice job, buddy. You know, I think you got him. And I said, I think he was a pretty big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. So, anyways, throughout this whole thing, you know, just to not to take away from the story, but the, I was sitting like a fool on the right of the camera and the screen that flips out on the camera is on the left side of the camera. So this thing comes out and I'm like, gosh, darn it. Like we got this window open. If the window were still closed, I could easily get up and move and get myself into a better spot and, you know, get the, the phone turned on so you can see what's going on inside of the blind and but no i end up having to flip the screen like straight down and i'm leaned over like looking up at it trying just like hoping that the thing was in the frame and i'm so thankful that it that we caught the caught the shot and everything in the in the frame that was that was sweet yeah it was Um, all on there it was pretty cool yep one of the coolest things, Pat and I were just talking about this on the phone yesterday. I was home. My daughter was sick. Um, we were chatting towards the, the end of the day, and um, just a lot of memories there. That was the property where I took my first buck, and I remember the morning that that happened. I wasn't hunting in that spot, but uh, Pat was hunting in a ground blind that we had set up probably i don't know within 30 yards of where that box blind just went up and like he could see me coming across the field and could tell i was excited and ended up getting out of the blind and you know within within 15 yards of of where ty and i had that big hug pat and i had a big hug when i shot my first buck so it's pretty cool that 17 years later um I got to have that same excitement and um, basically in the exact same spot that I did. So I, you know, just a lot of different great memories out there. And I was more excited watching him do it. I think than I am when I, when I shoot bucks, like just a really cool, really cool thing to be able to, pass it on and see the excitement and love for the sport um, continue into another generation. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that was something Colby kind of wanted to touch on here at the end of the episode too. just, you know, what that youth hunt means, um, you know, to both the kids and the parents and passing that along to the next generation. Um, Cause I know Sometimes the youth hunt gets a little bit of hate. Some people, you know, understandably maybe um, have some 
apprehensions about it, but there's definitely a ton of positives that come out of it. So I don't know if you want to touch on that a little bit here, Colby. Yeah. I mean, my kids that truly haven't participated in it yet. Um, I've kind of used this youth hunt weekend. I think the last three years now counting this year to take them along and be part of the experience. Um, when I feel they're ready to handle a weapon on their own, I'll certainly have them um, partake in this youth weekend. Um, I do I do think this weekend gets a really, you know, in some cases a bad rap. Um, just like anything in hunting, I, I feel like any or a few bad apples can spoil it or make it look bad for the, the whole of the good that's really going on. Um, and again, like, seeing all the social media posts of all these kids across the state gripping and grinning behind does spike bucks six pointers some of them 160 inch deer uh you know ty's beautiful buck Uh, that genuine smile and excitement like how can you not um think that this youth weekend is is a good thing how can you be like so selfish to the point where like, oh, they shot my buck or blah, blah, blah. Like, I just, I don't, I mean, the excitement for, we were all in that, sh- in those shoes at one point, right? Where we um, experienced our first kill uh, or first harvest. And that genuine excitement is so pure and it's awesome to see, uh, are there people probably taking advantage of it and doing some shady things? Yep. But you know, that's with just about any aspect. Those are the same people that are probably violating in other ways. So um, let's just eliminate that, you know, bottom 5% of, you know, losers that can't follow any regulations, no matter what they are. And look at the, the good of the whole of what this whole weekend does for our young hunters across the state. It, it gets them, if it can get hunters hooked in or young kids hooked on this sport, like, let's be honest, our numbers are dwindling. We need all the hunters in the woods that we can get. And if it's a way to get our next generation of hunters, you know, hooked on the sport and they can get out there and experience it with a family member or a mentor or, you know, someone like that. It's awesome. Like me and Eli were talking, like it was such a cool experience, not just for our, our kids, but also for us as well to like, to be able to share a blind and talk about what's going on and have that experience, like for both of us, for our kids and for us being together in the moment. So, um, I think there's just so many positives that come out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll piggyback off of that a little bit. Um, you know, I think Pat, you did a really good job of, of laying that out. Um, but, if you, if anybody thinks about their best experiences that they've ever had, their your best memories, um, it, it's very, very rare to find somebody that has their best memory as something that they did by themselves. Like, you know, hunting is sort of a an individual sport. Um, it's an autonomous thing where you're out there by yourself. But like, the kill shot when I'm by myself isn't what I remember. I remember who was there hunting with me or who came to help me drag a deer out of the woods and, you know, where did we go get cocktails and 
reminisce about all these great memories that we have and it, it, it's about the people that you share it with um so the youth hunt in particular um creates a great opportunity for um for family time for um time with with close friends and like pat said numbers are dwindling so if numbers dwindle that's less advocates for public land that's less advocates for conservation that's less funding for our dnr and i know not everybody's a huge fan of the dnr but like that's where a lot of the money comes from that that supports the the hunting opportunities that we have within within our state so to be able to say that like to make a comment about a kid who shoots a deer and say like oh yeah i'm sure they did a lot of scouting and stuff about it like if you're one of those people and you're listening i really don't care if you're offended by by hearing this but just stop right you have no business being able to have that judgment number one the people that are posting these pictures like are they all your neighbors? Did you have an opportunity to shoot that big buck that a kid shot? Like you didn't and put all that aside, look at their faces in the picture. And that, that tells the whole story. And uh, like scrolling through, I don't ever go on book face to communicate with people and stuff, but I go on there and look at rut report and just, you know, see what kind of action there is. And Holy cow, the amount of young girls that are on there, um, out there hunting is is impressive like it's it's a good thing for hunting as a sport it's a good way to get kids hooked on it you get to use a gun your odds are increased you're not out there when it's switch you'll appreciate it when it's 15 degrees and you're sitting there shivering and shaking like it creates a real positive experience for them that you know can can get them hooked in and you know be able to to continue the the sport that all of us have a passion for. Yeah. And I think you guys do it in such a good way too, where, you know, a lot of people, the, the problem they have is, Oh, it's a, you know, a six year old who's out on their first sit first time ever. And, you know, just pulls the trigger on a 150 incher and has no idea what they're doing or, you know, any of that stuff. That That's the image that a lot of people have in their heads about the youth hunt. But, you know, you guys have been taking your kids now for years and there's been plenty of nights where there hasn't been success and, you know, you're, you're teaching them to the point where they can, you know, do some of these things, you know, where Ty can mostly track a deer on his own and, you know, knows when to shoot and where to shoot and all those things, you know, it's, it's the knowledge that you're passing along to where, you know, these kids are actually hunting. They're not just out there killing and, and, you know, being told everything of what to do, you're, you're actually passing that knowledge along. And that's the most important part there. And the youth hunt is a great opportunity to be able to do that. Yeah, no doubt. Like we were, as we're even just walking through the woods, just trying to pass on woodsmanship skills, like Mm -hmm. talking about which trees, like, why are these acorns here? Where are they coming from? Um, I know I was spending a lot of time just teaching both my kids how to walk quieter, like how to place your feet versus, you know, dragging your feet through the leaves. And we'd walk side by side and we compared like how much noise we were making. And they, you could see the light bulbs going off in their head. Um, 
and anytime they ask why, like, I'm just taking the time to like explain to them what's going on. Um, and it was great. You know, that's, that's what it's all about. Um, passing it on and, you know, it's just so fun to see, to see them learn and grow and, and take an interest in it. It's, uh, just a ton of fun as a dad. Ty, do you remember our first hunt that we went on together? You weren't hunting. You came with me. Do you remember it? We were, it was bull hunting. It was bull hunting. Mm-hmm. What? That was. What do you remember? What happened? Wasn't like we out there for like fifteen minutes and then. Yeah. And then we went frog hunting. First, I waited until like the last possible minute because I knew his attention span wasn't going to be that long. But we we got out there and finally get set up and like ten minutes later I hear. Psh- turn around and he's taking a leak he said, Ty what are you doing he says I'm making dopey <laughs> <laughs> and then about five minutes later he goes hey Eli I said yeah he goes can we just go look for frogs <laughs> <laughs> I said yeah buddy we can go look for frogs that's not a problem <laughs> oh man but he made it back out there and now he's now look at him exactly from a dope pea maker and a, a frog looker to big buck slayer, just like that. Big buck slayer. That's right. Yeah, it was fun for my end too. Uh, Sunday night, you know, driving home and getting to call these guys, getting to call Eli and Ty and talk to them and hear the excitement in their voice and, and in Ty's voice and say congratulations and all that stuff. And, and, I know for a fact it's going to be the jump start to him uh, picking up that bowl a lot more often. And, and it, I'm sure it's not going to be long, whether it's this year or next year, I'm sure he'll be out there with the, with a bowl relatively soon too. I think this was the, whatever the bug that scratches the itch or whatever itch, whatever bug bite that makes you scratch the itch. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever analogy we get, what I'm trying to say, but I think he's going to be hooked now for sure. Yeah. What'd you say to me on the way home, buddy? What do you remember? On the drive home. Mm-mm. On the drive home, Ty says he he's kind of quiet for a little bit, and all of a sudden he goes, "You know, I'm kind of bummed," and I'm thinking, "Oh boy, you know, what 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 are we bummed about here?" And he goes. I'm kind of bummed that I'm not going to get to shoot a buck during during Wisconsin gun season this year. I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's that's outstanding. Yeah, that's that's how it starts. That's how you know you're hooked right there. Yeah. <laughs> Jake, are you still with us, buddy? Yeah. No, I'd be taking it all in. Yeah. Listening and. I, I like how, you know, we're kind of in a different stage than them, but, uh, you know, with being over the youth hunt, I remember when I was younger, I didn't go on the youth hunt much, but I always wanted to sit by myself. Like, I, as soon as I was bow hunting, I was like, yeah, can I sit by myself? And, you know, the rules where you can't, or I don't know what it was. You had to be like 12 or something like that. So I shot my first deer with him, my first couple were with him, and, you know, I was so excited to get out on my own, and now it's like, like, you know, how Eli was saying, it's, it's not as fun when you're by, I mean, it's still fun when you're by yourself, but 
now I get the chance to, if I shoot a deer, or even if I don't, I'll go sit with my dad if he wants me to, or he's all right, that I go sit with him all the time. And, you know, that's when we have way better memories, like Eli was saying. And I got to film him shoot his first buck with the bow in 17 years because I was sitting with him and just, just way better than, you know, when someone else is there, especially someone who brought you into it. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. Like you said, we're we're a couple of years off from uh, being in the position of Colby and Eli here, but someday we'll be there. Right. Yeah, man. Just enjoy all the all the stages that you go through as a hunter. Um, it, it, it's all good. Um, and, and and spot on getting to sit with other people like. And I know we touched on it before, but, you know, just the time zone the last couple of years where and Eli have gotten to sit together or, you know, I've sat with a couple other buddies. It's just really enjoyable getting to go with somebody. And <clears throat> sometimes it's just putting aside like, yeah, who cares who gets one or it's just fun being along with somebody else and getting to share the experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's tie a ribbon on this thing. Ty's got to go dream about his next one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you, Eli and Ty, do you guys want to take it away here? Send us off. You got go for it. Hmm. Yeah. Thank everybody for listening. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. What did it say? I'm still not up on it. Like. <laughs> Something, yep, subscribe, yep. whatever. Yep. All like, right. Liking and subscribing, yep. do, all good things. Yep. Just do what do what you're supposed to do. And we really appreciate, you know, everybody that stuck with us this long and uh hope hope you can take something away from, from this podcast. I know it's a special one. Um when you get to see when you get to see your kids um be able to enjoy it. So Appreciate it. Good luck out in the woods and get the fever going, baby. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>